Well, guys, the giant cargo ship is still stuck in the Suez Canal. And every hour, it's delaying about $400 million worth of goods. Meanwhile, every 15 minutes, the captain's wife is like, I told you to get off at exit 34. (laughs) Miller Lite is now selling bar-scented candles, including one called Dive Bar. For a preview of the smell, miss the toilet for a week. Police in Ontario said an officer pulled over a motorcyclist whose license plate was homemade and also misspelled. When they took him to jail, the police were like, it's a good thing you like making license plates. From the After 9 Podcast Studios, this is the award-winning After 9 with Scott and Kat. Well, good day and happy start to a short work week for most people. Cat, the long weekend is just around the corner. Mm-hmm. And true to form, Southern Ontario's just getting every single weather condition possible for this week. <laughs> Seven today, 16 tomorrow, yeah. four on Wednesday, one on Thursday, then six on Friday. A little bit of rain, possible snow. What a fucking mess. <laughs> do, do you like consistency? Ooh, well, fuck you. <laughs> Basically, right? That's what they might as well have said. Yeah. How was your long weekend? Or, no, it was a regular weekend this past weekend. How was it? Yeah, um, my regular, regular old-fashioned uh, two-day-off weekend was was really good. Got some stuff done around the house. Redid our our office. My so I I it was my former studio, but I don't need that much space. And for those who don't know, when I do, I have my, a side hustle, which is uh, voice work on the side. So commercials for all over North America. Scott and I both do that kind of thing. A lot of people in radio do. So I don't actually need to take up that much space. I do not need a full room. I need a nook, basically. And in fact, the smaller the room, the better the sound quality. So I moved to a small area of my house, which left us to redo the office. So this weekend was actually a lot of getting office stuff together. And uh, yeah, that was pretty much it for for me, was just organizing, getting stuff cleared out of there. Uh, We put up a giant mural, which I'm now obsessed with these wall murals, by the way. Like, it's a problem. Was that thing expensive? Yeah, I mean... I saw it on your Instagram. Yes. So, and you can see it up there if you guys want. It should still be up for a little bit longer for today, for Monday. Uh, cat on air. Cat with a K. But it's... It, it is expensive. It's 300... I think it's like ranges between 300 and 400 bucks. That one was about 350 bucks. But it's a statement. I mean, it's a statement piece. Like anything else that you might buy for that kind of a price. It's there's a look to it, and it's a mural that takes up the entire wall. So the desk faces out. You're, if you're in the chair, you're facing toward the door, and the mural is behind you. It is, uh, I believe, it's Jasper. I don't know what it is. Wherever it is, a beautiful little backdrop. I wanted to go tropical. My husband won that one because he wanted to do. Uh, he wanted to have mountains. Fine, but there's a lot. And he of also did all the work. He also <laughs> did, not all the work. Uh-huh. Excuse me. Oh yeah. What did I, you do? Yes. Oh, I purchased all of the goods. And all of the knickknacks on the wall, on the shelves. Oh, so you did the shopping. Yes. Oh, okay, all and right. And I also volunteered to have my studio moved, so there's that. Mm. Oh, right. But I'm excited. You're a real team player, Callahan. Oh, girl. fuck you, Scott. So anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I'll bet you you're a ball breaker when he was doing the work. <laughs> How many times did you say, try this, try that, move this, move that? No, I or didn't. Or did you let him do it? No, I didn't. He did okay. it. He's got a great eye. He's a carpenter, too. So he did make the desk that, that went in there, and he did a really great job. Uh, so I'm really happy with the way the whole thing turned out. But that said, I'm not done yet. I'm I'm also in charge of like some greenery in there, which I want to get in there. So it's not 100% finished. But a lot of the weekend was anyway, just preparing for that. A lot of trips to Lowe's and Home Depot, which I actually don't complain about because I love it. Uh, back to the mural, though. 
it they are yes they are expensive but i'm telling you they make any room a a statement they really do so i would totally recommend you guys look into it they say they say it's peel and stick okay so when we put it up you just kind of got to line everything up and we did that everything was fine made sure everything was straight that part's not the tough part the part i'm wondering about is when we actually take it off the wall if we ever have to which hopefully isn't going to happen anytime soon but they say with these the peel and stick it's not like wallpaper it doesn't it doesn't you won't hate your life taking it off because let's all face it i fucking hate wallpaper it's terrible so you apparently when you peel it off it will not it will not take the paint off underneath the wall but i don't know we'll see so i think you do that part at your own risk but otherwise it was actually fairly easy to put up there were two of us but i swear you could probably do it one person and you you'd be okay trying to get that up by yourself i think so i was actually really impressed with the application of those murals Huh. Okay. Can I make a correction to something you said a few seconds ago about uh, this new office slash studio that you have in your home? Yeah. You mentioned that Kat and I both have a side hustle where we do voice work on the side. And while that may or may not be true, if you happen to be listening from the Canada Revenue Agency, that's all volunteer work and we don't make any actual (laughs) revenue out of that. Those are nice things that we do for car dealers and and places like that in America. Okay. All right. (laughs) Not registered, are we? (laughs) No, I am. I'm just hiding it. Right. Um, Let's see here. We've got a whole bunch of different things on the go. And we'll start off with some great news, Cat. Finally, after more than a week of fucking around, they got that giant skyscraper-sized ship unstuck in the Suez Canal. It's too bad because I was looking forward to playing. Actually, you know what? Maybe we'll play it anyway. He is um, a PA announcer for the Chicago Blackhawks, but he used to be a traffic reporter. He did a traffic report for the Suez Canal. Listen to this. Heading up to the north, nothing doing here, too. Breaks uh, all the way up to the port side. Same to the south, too. Suez Gulf looking pretty heavy, nowhere going anywhere. And this extends all the way out to the Red Sea. Red Sea more like red brake lights for the as far as the eye can see. Now, your alternates, as we zoom in out here and look to the south, around the Ethiopian coast, Djibouti, nothing doing there. We're going to have to go all the way around down south. Now, your alternate, Madagascar, you can go left and right. <laughs> Both lanes are open all the way around Cape Horn. Now, this will take you 10 days. It'll certainly save you the five or six. You'll be stuck there. Casually, this will take you 10 days. Well, it's true. The Suez Canal is a critical shipping lane. We have it so that you don't have to go all the way down around the Horn of Africa and back up. It adds 10 days to the trip. Guys, that's crazy. That's crazy. They're saying, by the way, that because of this massive backlog, there's about $9 billion a day worth of goods that are just sitting there waiting to get through the canal in both directions. And one of the shipments, 20 shipping containers full of dildos and vibrators, sex toys like you wouldn't believe. Apparently, this is to restock North America on all the smutty shit that got that left stores low on inventory from Valentine's Day. My question to you is, do we have a shortage all of a sudden? Should we be stockpiling? Maybe if you've got a few extras in your toy chest, should you throw them on eBay? Because there's so many people waiting for their shipment of fucking dolphins and, and rabbits to arrive. I'm just picturing people at the head office at like Stag Shop or Love Shop or whatever being like, guys, I got an idea. Let's pretend like we have a major crisis. <laughs> Get people in our stores. They'll stock up with 50 dildos, a couple of fucking butt plugs or whatever. This will be great. You better get some spare butt plugs because we don't want to run out if this Suez Canal thing goes on any longer. 
(laughs) There's got to be another joke in there with the fact that the canal was clogged up and there's (laughs) (laughs) there's fucking dildos sitting there, too. I mean, that's kind of weird. Why don't they set the ship on land and then activate all of them? It'll just vibrate right across the northern tip of Africa. (laughs) Shake it right out and it'll feel so good. Oh, fuck. That's great. SNL was good this weekend. If you didn't see it, Maya Rudolph was the host. And going into it, I thought this was going to be another shit on Donald Trump or Kamala Harris is the greatest thing ever. But it wasn't like that. They kept it fairly non-political, but they did do some funny sketches. Yeah. Do you have the uh, Beyonce clip there? I do. This was uh, this was <laughs> this is really well done. I love when she plays Beyonce anytime. Uh, and in this clip, what it was was uh, Hot Ones. I-, I think most people know about Hot Ones, but basically the host asks the guests questions like you would see in a typical interview, except for the whole time they're eating wings. And each time they eat wings, the sauce on the wing gets hotter and hotter and hotter until sometimes either they wave the flag and they're like, I'm out, or they keep on going, depending who you are. So the setup was Beyonce's on there because Solange uh, likes Hot Ones, and so she volunteered to do it, and it didn't go so well. Let's do the next wing. Okay. Are you sure? Definitely, boo. Definitely. Okay. She came to play. Okay. Next up, we have the devil's diarrhea scorpion sauce. A little higher Scoville rating of 676,000. Mmm. Yeah. So... After the Destiny's Child performance at the 2016 Super Bowl, fans speculated about a possible... Oh, damn! Uh, is there any chance... Oh! <laughs> Sorry, what? Uh, is there any chance of a reunion? Oh, guess what? I'm sweating. I'm sweating. Beyonce's head is wet. This wang is wrecking me. Mm, I need to hydrate. Oh, this isn't helping. Water makes it worse. Why is it worse? Oh, got my drinking milk now. It was so good. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, Let's see here. A whole bunch of other things we got to fit into this podcast. So let's jump to it. Number one, a pill used for over two decades to treat the flu is going to find a new job. It's going to cure sepsis. Researchers in California just discovered that Tamiflu helps fight off the deadly infection by boosting your immune system. Really? Hey, that's one of the good things about the pandemic is we've learned a lot about some of the drugs we already had and what else they can do. Remember the good old days back in like October when Donald Trump would throw out random drugs and say it works for this and it works for that. That's very much what this reminds me of. But we've made some progress. So Tamiflu, Remdesivir and oh boy, what was the other one that Trump was all hot on for a while there? I guess they gave him like coralline or some shit like that. Hydroxychloroquine. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And I think they gave him all of them. Like if there was anything wrong with that guy when he had COVID, it's probably gone now because they gave him every drug there was. The drug that everybody's talking about though is the vaccines. And I'm happy to tell you that we're finally going to get some here in Canada this week. They're sending 600 shots on Thursday of Moderna. Now, this is from last week where they fucked us. 
We were supposed to get 846,000. So we're getting 600 of the 846,000 from last week, this week. But then we're also getting Pfizer and AstraZeneca, a combined 2.7 million doses coming in this week. Wow. I have a feeling it's about to start getting ugly, Kat. I think it's about to start getting a, to be a real fucking free for all. Like you're going to see a bunch of, I mean, the 70 year olds, we're doing them this week. We already did the 80 year olds. I think once it gets down to like the 55 to 65 range, that's when you're going to see all those, uh, those, uh, uh baby boomers just mm-hmm. fighting each other outside the clinics for their vaccines. <laughs> and I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Let's do it. Let's do this. Problem is, though, that we can't seem to get the vaccinations out fast enough. So we get all these big orders in, like 2.7 million. Hey, that's a lot of doses all at once. The biggest shipment we've ever had. But they're all coming in at the same time. Yeah. Do we have enough? I mean, do we have enough people to administer um, the vaccines, I guess, is, is is the big question. Or is that a question that we really don't have an actual answer to if, let's say, we are given all of these at once? And it, I would assume that in some cases it could overwhelm some areas depending on where depending on the population size, et cetera. And that's the problem. So they're all coming at once. This It's just over 3 million total that we're getting this week. So when you have 3 million all coming in at once, but they're used to getting like 100,000 yeah. here, 200,000 there, now we're going to end up with shelves and shelves and shelves full of vaccines and not enough people to get them in arms. And then they're having a totally different problem in certain parts of the province where they're telling people, You can make an appointment today and come today. Please come get your vaccine. It's open to those. It was open to those 75 plus, but people are standing around waiting to give shots, but people aren't coming for them because as it turns out, not every 80 year old is actively on (laughs) Toronto.ca. Yeah. Yeah. There's also a lot of vaccine hesitancy amongst the older people who want to know what kind of vaccine it is before they get it. And the problem is they don't advertise, hey, come to the Malvern Community Center today and get your AstraZeneca or come to Canada's Wonderland and get your Pfizer. Because a lot of people would rather have the Pfizer right. or Moderna right. than the AstraZeneca. You know what? I, I I wish that they would advertise it only because there are people sitting there waiting going, let's go. I'm going. Like, I'm getting it. I'm just waiting for my go-ahead. But they can't get the go-ahead because there's other people ahead of them. So if those people are going to turn down, depending, and they're going to be picky choosy. And by the way, you have every right to be picky choosy, in my sure. opinion. You have Whatever you every, put in your body is up to you. Every single right. But let it be known. Make it clear to everybody. This is what we're doling out today. All right. Let it be clear to them. I'm not interested. So the next person behind you that is, they jump ahead and so on and so forth. The more, how many times have we said it? The more shots and arms we get now, the better off we will be. Like, do we want to be stuck here? I'm sick of hearing about the third wave stuff and the potential lockdown in April. Like the stuff scares the crap out of me, Scott. So let's go. Nobody needs to be sitting around going, maybe, maybe I won't get it, but I'm not sure if they're going to, if what they have available, make everything crystal clear. And then we should be able to move things along faster. And I'm not sure about how many people they have giving shots in arms right now, or if there's a lack of people available or if that will be an issue. But I truly hope they're doing what they did at the beginning of the pandemic, which is, hey, guess what? If you're in medical school, you're fast tracked, basically. Congrats. Here's your job, full time. You're in. I hope they do the same thing with anybody who who may have been administering vaccines, any kind of shot. To hey, you get to jump ahead. Congrats. You know how to put a shot in an arm. You know what you're doing. You're here. 
It can't possibly be that difficult, right? It's not like they even have to hit a vein. Like, you should be able to train somebody off the street fairly quickly. Here's what to do. Mm -hmm. I would think for the vast majority of people. But either way, we're at a weird time right now where now we're getting the vaccines. And and this is great for Justin Trudeau. Because what that guy's going to do is he's going to make us totally forget about all of the crap between December and now. He wants you to completely forget about this farce that has been going on for months because now 3.2 million doses are here this week. Let's go. And you bet your ass that when those shipments arrive and the province is like, the fuck are we going to do with 3.2 million of them? I mean, we need a little bit of time to spread these out and deliver them. You bet your ass that the people who are trying to defend Justin Trudeau at any cause or at any cost are just waiting for the first report to come out and say, Ontario's got an excess supply of a million vaccines sitting on shelves that could be in people's arms. They're going to spin it like the province fucked this up. The province isn't fucking up anything. The problem is we're getting, we've had nothing for a while, and now it's all coming in at once. And yeah, there's going to be a couple of days where we have some extra doses. That's all there is to it. I would like to know, though, why they haven't opened it up for everybody yet. And and when I say that, here's how simple it could be. We've got this vaccine portal where you go and you sign up to get your shot. Okay, well, people are standing around at some of these vaccination clinics waiting for those 75 plus to come in and they're not coming. For those who do want to make an appointment, you can get in same day at some of these clinics and get your shot. Great. Why can't we all be on the list because the last thing that i want to happen is vaccines have to get thrown out because they're expired or they got too warm because they were sitting there waiting for those 75 plus to come in and the people 75 plus didn't come in Mm -hmm. i don't want them to get thrown out i think anybody who wants a shot should be able to register on the portal right now and then it emails you and tells you okay we're now opening up to your area or Last minute openings, doesn't matter how old you are, if you can be at, I don't know, uh, the Credit Valley Hospital at 3 p.m., you're getting a shot because we don't want to waste a single dose. That's what we should be doing. Everybody should be registered now. Having it just for 75 plus, I mean, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. But I am happy to see that they're going to start reopening a few more things in the gray zone. I know not everybody is. There's some people who are thinking, oh, fuck, third wave, shut it down again. No, 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 no. We're not shutting anything down Uh, in the gray zone. Now they're going to allow you to do your workout outside with a personal trainer. I don't know how many people are doing that, by the way. Uh, How many personal trainers are willing to meet you at a park, for example, and lift some weights? I I don't know if that's going to happen. Well, can they do it? I mean, you can do it in groups. Like, for example, I used to do the outdoor, uh, you know, mom group or whatever workouts, things like that. People will sign up for those. The outdoor yogas, uh, anything like that. It's not necessarily one on one personal training. Okay, well, that's going to reopen, and they're going to allow more outdoor dining. They're going to allow uh, outdoor fitness. Oh, team and individual sports are going to be allowed to start training again in the gray zone outdoors. Can we just stop with the screwing around and admit that anything outdoors is far safer than anything indoors? And if you want people to be buying into this plan, just let them do whatever the fuck they want outdoors. If kids want to play soccer, let them play soccer. Just let them fucking do it. Who right. cares? I, I mean, I tend to agree. I really hope that I can get my kids into doing soccer this summer. That's the hope. And you think everything that they've said so far that makes it makes it seem like it's safe and we don't have much to worry about. On the on the vaccines, real quick, can I just mention a, a DM that I got? 
Yeah. Uh, from Jenny. And Jenny, thank you so much for this. I will give you uh, the shortened version, the kind of summary that she's a little bit worried. Um, she says, hey, Kat, shout out to the amazing podcast you bring to my daily commute to work. Love you guys. I've been following Love your that. team on the radio since 2014. I am extremely concerned about the government's delay on the second COVID vaccine dose. Yeah. It is now four months instead of 21 days. If you do a simple Google search, a quick search of second dose delay in Canada comes with a ton of criticisms from doctors, provincial governments, including Doug, and Canadian citizens. They botched the vaccination the first time, and now it's about to get worse. Mm -hmm. The National Advisory Committee on Immunization of Canada blatantly lies to the public and claims they're using scientific evidence. Canada's the first country in the world that made this reckless decision. Since they might be reconsidering their fictitious recommendations, I thought it would be impactful to make more Canadian residents aware of the second-dose delay and the detrimental effects this might have in our society. And and truth be told, there isn't a lot of of, uh, studies that have supported whether or not it's still fine and safe after four months um she says i and this person has a has about obviously has a medical background and an education in it she says i've read up on the changes to delay of second dose to four months i have serious concerns about implications that may arise because of this decision from an evidence-based legal and social perspective absolutely right you're absolutely right and the thing is we won't know for four months we won't know until we've waited four months and stick the second shot in somebody's arm whether or not they still have those antibodies or they're able to fight off the infection. We don't know. We're fucking guessing right now. This is another decision that was made to protect the government from the colossal failure of leadership that has been this vaccination rollout. Four months is crazy to me. If they recommend 21 days, I remember when it was controversial that they recommended 21 days, but we said, we're going to stretch it out to 28 days. That was controversial. Now, four months, it's just a cover up, guys. They are covering their ass. They want everybody to have a first shot and you're going to get that false sense of security. Entirely possible anyway. It's a false sense of security. Maybe it doesn't protect you the way it would if you got it when it was recommended. How often have you gotten a prescription and it says, uh, take three a day for the next week and then your, I don't know, your sinus infection will go away. And you think to yourself, "Mm, I could take three a day for a week or I could take one a day for three weeks. It doesn't work like that. We all know that. You don't fuck with what the pharmacist says. I don't understand how we went rogue against the rest of the world and said four months is the way to go. I'll tell you what, and we mentioned SNL already. One of the skits that they had was great. It was actually, it was baby it was baby boomers singing about how they are already vaccinated and they're living life to the fullest. CDC there already said you can mask off as long as you're with other people that have received the shot. You're living your best life, basically. You're eating in, you're dining in, no worries to you. But And I'm watching and I'm laughing and as I'm watching and I'm laughing at it and it was well done, I thought fuck, this is also really sad because that's what they're doing there. They're at the point now where they're talking about immunized, they're talking about vaccines for 18 plus now, are you saying? Yeah, in Florida, they're going Uh, to start vaccinating anyone 18 plus. Yeah. Later this week. And at the beginning of this pandemic, isn't it interesting how things can change? Because at the beginning it was, they were kind of the laughing stock, right? Uh, Oh, look at them spread, lots of deaths. And don't get me wrong, they didn't do anything great in the beginning. But the vaccination process has been seamless. So you can't help but compare. And I I hate, I always say that I hate comparing two countries because we are different countries. Yes. But when you do look over at that, you go, wow, how did you manage to get that 
done so quickly. We obviously, I think everyone can agree, we've done something wrong. Nobody, mm-hmm. even if you are a firm supporter in whatever government you're behind, you need to know, reality check, we are doing something wrong. And, and it's us that pays for it. Yeah. Listen, it, I think it's a false sense of security. The person who DM'd you is absolutely right. You'll get that first shot, which gives you a certain amount of efficacy for a certain amount of time. But we don't know for how long that efficacy lasts and if that efficacy starts to decline. Mm -hmm. So let's say, for example, you get your shot today, March 29th. You got to wait four months to get your second shot. We don't yet know if you're going to have that same level of protection come April 29th or May 29th. We sure shit don't know what it's going to be like in August, which is when you'll get your second shot. What in the actual fuck? How can they do that? It makes no sense to me at all. And again, guys, it is a supply issue. We just don't have enough. 3.2 million coming in all at once. That's not helpful either. Give us a, a million every couple of days. We can spread that out and we can start pumping thousands of people a day through these mass vaccination clinics. Thousands of them. When you give us 3.2 million all at once, it's a shit show. Uh, okay, send 80,000 to Windsor, send 60,000 to, I don't know, Brantford, send 55,000 to Niagara. I mean, we can do that, but they're not ready for all those shots at once either. Mm-hmm. Imagine going into work and saying, okay, for the last couple of days, I've been vaccinating about 300 people a day myself. Oh, wait, sorry, I got to do 10,000 today? Oh, come on. Give me a fucking break. Well, I think what they have set up up there at Canada's Wonderland, that's exactly the way to go. That's exactly, They should all be drive through. We should all be finding ways in every single area to do that. Because up there, I think it's brilliant. Because you, you will still be able to have a decent amount of manpower. You will have cars coming through, hopefully at a relatively decent speed. Um, and you don't have to worry about the really tiring out the the staff that is that is giving the shots because they'll be able to switch in and out as is and stay in one spot. It's not like they're going and walking over this person and doing that. And I don't know. It just seems like that's probably one of the best ways to do it. We need to be finding areas of land, patches of space in every single in every single part of Canada. Uh, and I'll speak specifically to Ontario. Great. Let's make sure we're getting those to remote locations included and especially. Let's do this. Like, that seems like the best way to do it, Scott. It really does. We, and I know I've said this before, we should have been vaccinated by now. We should have been. And anything that happens going forward, uh, 19 deaths yesterday, 16 deaths on Saturday, those people didn't need to die. Those people that are in the hospital right now don't need to be in the hospital. We should be done. And the fact that we're not is a failure of leadership. And it depends how you vote politically or you lean politically. If you're just a natural liberal, you're going to blame Doug Ford for this. That's your political ideology. Fine. You'll find a way to blame him. If you're a conservative, you'll blame Justin Trudeau for this because that's just the way you roll. Whatever. Either way, those people at the top are the ones who screwed this up. It's on them you should be vaccinated now when you start hearing all the messaging this week oh don't gather at easter that's why if you can't see your old people this weekend it's government blame whichever one you want it's their fault you should be vaccinated now we should be back to normal uh, a couple other things quickly here you worked in the service industry how does it work when you put in an order for your table and another server puts in an order for their table is it prioritized or do they do the easy ones first or how does that come out 
I mean, it, it is prioritized, absolutely. But if yours is easier to to do, let's say someone orders a salad, another person orders a steak. I mean, common sense here. The steak's obviously going to take longer. So obviously the salad will be out sooner. But yes, if it's, the, let's say someone orders the exact same thing at the exact same time, you just go by timestamp. So if it's one second ahead, that's the order you're going to work on. It really, really rarely does it ever, is it ever a big deal or a big difference maker? But yeah, that's it's timestamped. Okay, so if I work at, say, Eastside Mario's, and I'm ordering a Hell's Kitchen chicken, which is delicious, by the way. Mm-hmm. Let me just say that. This is probably the only thing I eat there. But if they, if I order a Hell's Kitchen chicken and then I walk into the back and another server has ordered a Hell's Kitchen chicken, maybe on a different terminal there, and there's a Hell's Kitchen chicken sitting there, I can just grab that and take that to my table or no it has to go to the person who actually ordered it. It should be going to the person that ordered it. And it'll be tagged properly, right? It'll come with a slip beside the plate or whatever. Every restaurant does it differently. But it will come with a slip that says, this is for table 23. So you know, hey, that's for table 23. In the States at Denny's on the weekend, two waiters got into an actual fist fight because one waiter put in an order for chicken fingers. And then another order came in for chicken fingers. So the waiter puts in his order, goes to the back. He grabbed the wrong one. He took the one that was for the other waiter's table. He took it to his table. Other waiter got all pissed off. They got into an actual fucking fist fight in Denny's in the middle of the night over chicken fingers. Stop. Come on. Tell me there was a fight about something else and not just this. Really? They were fighting over whose chicken fingers, which table that belonged to. (laughs) And it gets even better. So customers are like, A, where's my chicken fingers? B, we better call the cops because the staff is in a full-blown fucking brawl in the kitchen right now. Cops showed up, charged them both for battery because they were fighting each other. And as it turns out, not one, two, both of them had outstanding warrants. So they got arrested for that too. Oh my God. Okay, what are the odds you hired these two fuckbags? Obviously, they didn't do a lot of background check at this particular establishment. Right. Two of them with outstanding warrants, and they got into a fight. Who? Okay, so I'm just trying to. Okay, aside from the fact that obviously this is like the worst Denny's to ever work at. Clearly, I'm just trying to figure out as a, as a ex server why you'd care that much about making sure that you got those damn chicken figures. Like, were you was Oprah sitting at one of your tables? Like, <laughs> nobody should care that much enough to punch someone else out over it. <laughs> That's such a great story. At what age do you think you've matured when it comes to your drink preferences? Mm. Alcohol. Yeah, matured. I would say, I guess when I started really, I don't know, caring more about what it was that was getting me drunk and not just about getting drunk. So I would put it around, up around like uh, somewhere between 25 and 30 years old. Yeah, you're spot on. They did a survey about when you graduate from I just want the cheapest booze that'll get me drunk to there's certain booze that I like and I want to drink the stuff that I like. 27 is the average age where you've reached your alcohol maturity. Mm-hmm. It's true. You know, I mean, there was a day when I was younger, usually when you're underage and somebody's having a party and you're just trying to get your hands on fucking anything. That's when you'll yes. end up drinking. Somebody could put vinegar on the table and tell you it's vodka and you'd drink it and probably believe them. And honestly, it's about money, too, because you mentioned that age and it, it, everything really aligns. Because when you're in college, even, you know, it's it's not even necessarily like you don't have a preference. You might, but you don't necessarily have the funds to purchase everything that you actually enjoy. So you're like, yeah, I'll grab this. It's cheaper. I'll swig that. I'll get it over with. I'll take vodka shots because I'm not really sure what I, I really like anyway. 
Uh, so it could be a factor of money, right, that could come into play there. And then once you kind of get a job, make some make some decent income, then you're like, okay, now I can actually shop around a bit and take my time. And I seem to like this. Why don't I try different brands of this? Yeah, I mean, that's a great example, talking about the, the students and things like that. My son, for example, loves scotch. So do I. Now, if he is buying a bottle of scotch, he's going to buy like the little guy that you get at the checkout at the LCBO and he'll pay like nine ninety nine for like Glenn, go fuck yourself or whatever. Like it'll actually burn your throat on the way down. Yet if he goes to the L, (laughs) Glenn, go fuck yourself. That that should be the name of a scotch. (laughs) Glenn, go fuck yourself. But if he comes to the LCBO with me and I say, hey, let's grab some scotch, he's instantly going top shelf. Like, oh, dad's got some money and I like Johnny Blue. We should get some Johnny Walker Blue. Stuff like that. So, yeah, there's something to that. But at 27, it's when you're a little more refined. You don't just want the cheapest shit. You want better stuff. 27 is the age. Now, when it comes to what we drink, that's also the time when we evolve more into a cocktail drinker. Mm-hmm. Martini. Manhattan, old fashioned. The top three cocktails that people feel are sophisticated. Ooh. It's true. It's very hard to see somebody drinking a martini or an old fashioned and not think, yeah, there you go. That's, yeah, you got that going on. Although martini will get you real drunk real quick. Oh, you're telling me. Yep. 22% of people say they would have a bad impression of someone if they were on a date with them and that person ordered a Long Island iced tea. (laughs) <laughs> I used to get <laughs> you just reminded me I used to get and this was college times there they used to sell this I don't know if they still do this basically what looked like a massive tin can of pre-mixed Long Island iced tea at the LCBO and Ew. it oh it used to fuck me up though like one can of that and I was good for the night but when I th- when I think about it that's all I think about I think of it as kind of a I don't know. I think of it as a cheapy drink, but that's kind of just what I know of it. And now the man who is a little frustrated with his bride to be when it comes to their wedding. Guy and girl, they got engaged on Valentine's Day. Now they're planning out the wedding. Apparently, they didn't have any serious conversations about what a wedding might look like before they got engaged. And he's upset. Because he wants to add some Star Wars elements to his wedding. He's a huge fan. Star Wars had an impact on his life. And he wants Darth Vader and Luke Skywalker and Chewbacca and Han Solo to be part of the wedding. Stormtroopers to walk them into the hall. Jedi robes for part of the ceremony. She wants absolutely nothing to do with it. She said it's a stupid idea. We're not doing it. So now the question comes... What do you do? He wants it. She said no. Mm-hmm. It's half his big day, too, and he's paying half the bill. Right. Should he get what he wants, or does it have to be traditional if the bride wants traditional? Wow. You know, when you, uh, anytime you open this can of worms that is weddings and thoughts on weddings, it can, it can get very interesting. For me, I think there's got to be a compromise somewhere in the middle. I assume, and this is just me assuming, but I could be wrong. I assume she already knew, in this case, his obsession, love, deep admiration for Star Wars. I would have hoped and thought that this would have come up in conversation before they even got engaged, let's say. Uh, when they talk, I'm, at, In any point of a relationship, if it's been long enough, you talk to that person about weddings, 
right? You attend weddings together. You see weddings on television. And I don't know, from my experience, I had those conversations before I even got engaged of like, oh, would you see that? 500 people at your wedding. That's fucking crazy. Or, oh my God, they got married at City Hall. That's lame. Like, wouldn't you like, I would like a wedding. You think maybe he would have mentioned it and maybe he did. I'm not saying he didn't. Maybe he would have mentioned like, when I get married, man, Star Wars wedding, like, I'm not even kidding you, would be cool. Mm-hmm. Do we know if that happened before they even got engaged? Because I feel like that's a difference between how I feel about this or not. Yeah, I don't think they did have any conversations about what the actual wedding would look like. That's mm-hmm. a problem. I mean, yeah. I'm not proposing anytime soon, but my girlfriend and I have talked about what, hypothetically, a wedding might look like. And we happen to be in total alignment. Nobody there. Nobody. No <laughs> guests. Fuck them. <laughs> and you. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck them. See, and you do have to and you have to be real about it ahead of time, because that if if that's what makes or breaks your relationship and it can be a relation, the wedding day can, which is really ironic, can destroy a relationship. Mm-hmm. If somebody doesn't get their way that wants their way, it, it it could at least be something that they're constantly looking back on. Right. And constantly mm-hmm. thinking about at the back of their head, even if they say bite their tongue and go along with it. And I think when we think about things like that, we're automatically thinking about men just caving to whatever a woman wants. If we're talking about a heterosexual marriage, right? That's Isn't, usually the way it goes that's down. Usually the way it goes down, because a lot of times you usually hear the woman wants this exactly. And he's just like, OK, just tell me what time we're getting married and I'll show up in a tux. Right. How many times have we heard that? I've been involved in so many weddings And it's almost been the exact same every time where we'll be talking about the wedding ahead of time and the guy's got nothing to say. And the woman knows every detail about the wedding. But I really think it's unfair for her to brush past this completely. And I hope that she did try to come up with a compromise. Because if he wants to have a Star Wars theme wedding, you got to chill out on that. But if you want him to have nothing nothing to do with Star Wars, you also have to chill out on that. There are little subtle ways... Like, you don't want him to walk down the aisle to the Star Wars theme. That might ruin it for you, okay? But come up with a compromise where he gets to wear an emblem of Star Wars on his tuxedo or his cufflinks. And then later in the photos, you can have Stormtrooper masks on, but you take serious photos because that's what you want. And then let him have his Stormtrooper costume photos with his guy friends. Right. I mean, is there like isn't marriage about compromise? So can't we start things off on the right foot here with compromising on this? Guys have been given mixed messaging when it comes to marriage and weddings. The old expression is true. Happy wife, happy life. So sometimes the path of least resistance is the best path to be on. Like, yeah, yeah, I like Star Wars. She doesn't really. It's not worth fighting about. So just fuck it. Whatever. We won't do Star Wars. I'll figure out something else. That's the way a lot of guys think. But I do think guys are becoming a little more empowered. Uh, An acquaintance of mine, I won't say he's an actual friend, he called off his wedding last year because he really wanted to be married in a kilt. And she said, nope, we're wearing tux or you're wearing a tux. Really? He told her to get lost. No wedding. But and and see, finally, she caved and came back to him. Really? Mm -hmm. You know, he drew a line in the sand that that. That as a as someone who's a Scottish person, all it bothers me because you. Sh- I really, honestly believe, and some people will roll their eyes and say, "Okay, really," but I do believe you're marrying that person. That should be all you care about. You should be willing to give up little things. He wants to wear a kilt. Let him wear a fucking kilt. 
That's mm-hmm. fine. He's marrying you. You love him. If that's a part of who he is and his heritage and what he wants, let it be. If this guy's so obsessed with Star Wars, let him have something. I, I don't understand. I feel like there's a lot more going on there. Like, it's actually not about your relationship. This day is all about you. And you're starting things off on the wrong foot if that's your mentality going into it. By the way, we did have someone call this morning when we talked about this on our FM morning show. She had a theme, a Star Wars theme wedding. Really? Luckily, her wife, she said, is cool. So she's not that into Star Wars, um, her, her wife now. But she was, and she really wanted everything to be Star Wars theme. And she just was like, all right, because really, I'm marrying you. So if that's really what you want, it's fine. But they did, and here was the question I had, did you have the conversation ahead of time? And it was a, yeah, I mean, she knew my love for Star Wars, so we kind of mentioned it, and we laughed about it at the time. But once we got engaged, I let her know, I'm serious about that. And she was cool with it. That was her second wedding, though. So for her, it was like, I, I, I've done this before. I'm good with whatever you want because this is your first time. Is there anything to that? Yeah, I think so. If Especially if you've already had one walk down the aisle, the second one, right. let the other person have their day. You, you've had yours. <laughs> okay, interesting. That's one way to look at it yeah, anyway. Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you, when it comes to different weddings, the best weddings I've ever been to were different. The best wedding I've ever been to was at City Hall in Ottawa, and it was really a stopover in between pub visits. It was drinks, City Hall, get married, back to the pub for more drinks, and then off to the... What's that hotel in Ottawa? The good one. Chateau Laurier. Oh, yeah. Yeah. For a like a very private single room only reception. It was a great wedding. I love shit like that. Now, had one of them said, "Eh, it's really important to me that we somehow incorporate Star Wars into this. That would have made it even more interesting. That would have been great. (laughs) I'm here for the different. You got to find a way to make it work for everybody. If that line, though, is drawn in the sand, guys, I think you're going to lose that one. You probably should figure out a different way or ask yourself, how important is it? Well, that's the thing. It's got to be you got to know that that's got to be the hill that you're willing to die on. If you were so caught up in this is what I want. Compromise is key, though. And if you're not willing to compromise, you got to ask yourself why. Why? Ask yourself if you really like that yeah, person, honestly, too. Cause maybe that's your chance to reevaluate. And maybe, like, by the way, we should mention, maybe this is his way of getting out of it. Like, if I force this on her, she's going to hate me so much that I don't have to get married. Be real with yourself, then. Don't be with that person if you don't want to be with that person. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. You and your fucking Star Wars can get out of here. I'll find somebody else <laughs> to marry. Fuck you and fuck Darth Vader, huh? <laughs> <laughs> you can DM us anytime at Scott Fox on air on Instagram or at cat on air. Remember that's cat with a K. Uh, if you hear this early enough, you can also see pictures that we talked about earlier of the big wall art in cat's new studio, which generates zero revenue Canada revenue agency. There you go. <laughs> Kidding. <laughs> Have a great day, everybody. Happy Monday. We will catch you right back here tomorrow. So what? That means the show's over? Yep. Okay. Take care. See you soon. So long. Farewell. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. 
<laughs> For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.